This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, you ready for more January 6th? Two years later, more January 6th. They'll tell you everything except what really happened on January 6th. They're about to have live hearings again. Who are these misfits? Who are they? I just saw a bunch of people. I'm sorry. They don't look like the most impressive people. Who the hell were they? The panelists on January 6th. Oh, and here comes the committee. Dum, da, dum, dum. Here they come in. Hogan's heroes. Da, 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 da. These doors open. It's, oh, I wish you could see it. The, they take themselves so seriously. It is a joke sham hearing and more of it and more of it. And you know what? The joke, the sham, it's on us because to some degree this crap worked. To some degree it did. There's Liz Cheney. There's Liz Cheney about to be uh, – she was run out of Wyoming, literally run out of Wyoming. Who loses a primary by 50 points? Liz Cheney. Uh <laughs> Anyway, the damage has already been done because they got what they wanted. They mitigated or blunted the uh, midterms. Republicans should have won 60 seats. Instead, we're limping in there, limping in there because so many, so many totally checked out people, totally nonchalant, just uh, go with the flow. Better not say anything. Hmm, okay, this is what it is. Just trying to be fashionable. Man, they're winning. They are winning. The left is winning, winning big time. And I fear it's going to be like this for a couple of decades. I just, I, and that 17 networks right now can be on TV pretending January 6th was an insurrection when it wasn't, can pretend that Ashley Babbitt wasn't killed when she was, can pretend that the Capitol Police are a professional police force. They stink. I see, you know, one of the cynical things about uh, what they're doing here is, um, I mean, the whole thing is a farce. I'm looking at, what's his name, Benny Thompson from Mississippi, the Democrat, and the Republican chair, because you've got to have bipartisanship, is Liz Cheney. Yeah, the one who's being run out of Wyoming. Um, hey, remember when her creepy father, Dick Cheney, wore that cowboy hat, went out there all angry, vote for my daughter, or, or else I'll shoot you with a shotgun. It was really creepy stuff. Um, there they go. Oh, that's right. So much of the uh, so much of this has been about optics, about casting, about who looks good, and who will be tough for the right to criticize. People like me. Who can they? You know, I got it. We'll take a police officer who's a pretty girl, and nobody will be able to criticize her, right? As she says, crazy political. Leftist stuff? No, I I can handle that. No problem. Well, what about this? Uh, what about this Hispanic war hero? Who uh, will get him to say the leftist crazy uh, woke uh, nonsense? They won't be able to criticize him. Mm, I can handle that one too. What about Officer Dunn? What about the redneck? What about 
Cassidy Hutchinson. Oh, that beautiful 28-year-old woman. I mean, who could who could possibly have a criticism of a beautiful 28-year-old woman who's on Capitol Hill wearing a white suit? It's all that stuff. It really is. It is. It's all a game. It's all. But where the pawn that was, it just came in, it's just they're pushing us around. This is our country. Donald Trump said a little while ago, I think, that they are cowards who hate our country. And I totally agree. I really do. That the networks are all taking this. Now, I'm going to dip in myself because I'm curious. I'm just going to make fun of it. Okay. <laughs> I just. I, uh, I watched the Sunday shows and um, not one mention of the FBI at all, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I think they should be talked about, especially after we learn that they are probably breaking the law, embedding in big tech, and applying pressure on these social media companies to go after people like you and me, people like also Billy Baldwin. They're not worried about a, a accounts in russia they're worried about ordinary americans saying stuff online and if you say something they don't like they're gonna we're getting closer and closer and closer um to the chinese model to the chinese model although then again we're doing a lot of things that the chinese aren't doing did you know that they have a sanitized version of tiktok for their kids tiktok that's kind of educational for us it's just addictive junk it's all addictive garbage that makes you want to change your gender and get high on drugs. That's the TikTok that's really popular here. I've decided to um, that it's the phone is evil. It is an evil device. Um, you can use it for good, sure, but there's so much. It's so much susceptibility. There's it's it's so addictive in these apps. They can take you down the horrible dark roads. We gotta be, you got to be really careful. And the children, what am I going to do? Any advice, really? i got that three-year-old and i got a one-year-old. How do I keep them away from this stuff? I am seriously thinking about homeschooling, seriously thinking about moving away to the woods, you know, just developing a little compound, self-sufficient. I'm not exactly a woodsman, though. <laughs> I'm not exactly handy around the house. I don't think that's going to work out very well. Um, but society isn't working out very well, is it either, right? No, no, it's not. Um, hmm. Uh, all right. So the FBI, Oh, I came up with a new a- acronym for the FBI federal Bureau of investigation. That one's bad enough. When you think about it, the federal Bureau of investigation, who likes the F who likes that? I don't like the federal government. I don't like bureaus, but there's so many other like, friends of Biden incorporated. You probably heard me use that one. Uh, what about frantically bothering innocence? <laughs> That's what comes across in this um, in these these Twitter files released by Elon Musk. Can you believe it? Did you hear Elon Musk kick some guy he didn't like off of Twitter? Good for him. So what? If you run a company, you ought to be able to do that. You can refuse service. Happened to me about seven years ago. I didn't like this guy at a, at a gro- I Actually, I thought about that this weekend. I went to a grocery store. It was one of those fancy high-end grocery stores. And it was on Long Island, and this guy was in the middle of it, and he was just barking orders at everybody, including customers. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say if he tries that with me. <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh, just keep your head down. Maybe he won't say anything to you. And he did. And I, he was like determining what register you went to instead of a light going on. He'd say, uh, register number four, hop two. <laughs> I said, uh. I'm not in the army anymore, you know, you know, you know what I mean? You know, 
I don't know why you're doing this, and I really let him have it. And you know what he said to me? Get out of my store. Get out of my store and don't come back. Um, I, I, uh, I, I, as much as I hate to admit it, he had that right. If he wants to stand off in the, if he wants to stand in the middle of the store, act like a jerk and, and yell and stuff like that, I guess he can, and he can tell me to get lost. Although, believe me, in this little interaction, I came out ahead. I won. Oh, there's Liz Cheney. On January 6th, Donald Trump posed an existential threat to American democracy. Can I just a little bit, just a little bit, all right? Let's see. Pump up the volume if you would. Volunteers for the Union Army. My great-great-grandfather, Samuel Fletcher Cheney, Joined the 21st Ohio Volunteer Infantry. All right, that's enough. Why didn't your uh, Why didn't your father? He's a little. Why didn't he join the infantry? Why didn't Dick Cheney join the infantry? Oh, I know. I remember because he got 17 deferments because he was going to school and getting crummy grades at the University of Wyoming. Oh, then then oh, I have a baby. I can't I can't go to Vietnam. I got all these other things I got to worry about. I can't. No, 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 no. But he can create a fiction of weapons of mass destruction and go to war. He'd send, send hundreds of thousands of young men and women to war. For what? For what? For nothing. Zero. And these... Doesn't feel... It doesn't feel like a democracy. It really doesn't. You know, uh, Trump, I understand on... uh, I don't have truth social. I gotta get it. Trump was ripping on the FBI, as he should. And I'm even getting looks like, you really shouldn't say that about the FBI. Why the freaking hell not? I'll say it about the CIA as well. The Central Intelligence Agency, the intelligence community. What? I'm going to hurt their feelings? Hmm? And what will they do? What worse could they do? Weapons of mass destruction in Iraq? No. How about looking up Muhammad Atta before he graduates from flight school? No. They stink. And this is taking up valuable time. Valuable time of federal agents, valuable time of... uh, That's the way they want it, I guess. You know what they're doing? They're hassling these January Sixers. How about a class action lawsuit filed by the January Sixers? Everybody who was there. As long as you didn't hurt anybody or break anything, which is like 99.99999% of them, and... File a class action lawsuit against the federal government for harassment. Harassment. And um, what else could we get them? I don't know, but you can't have January. They're they're ignoring child pornography cases and going after people on Twitter for saying, the election's on Wednesday. (laughs) That's disinformation. How can you say the election's on Wednesday? That's disinformation. It's also known as mischief, okay? You can actually say that. You're allowed to say that. Instead, they they want to know they want these accounts taken down, and they want to know where the people are who are operating these accounts. And these are accounts not coming from Belarus; these are accounts coming from Bayonne. These are accounts coming from Wisconsin. Just ordinary, regular Americans, and the FBI. And there she is. She said, "This woman." All right, give me two more seconds. Let me see. Our work over the last eighteen months. The select committee has recognized our obligation to do everything we can to ensure this never happens again. No, you haven't. You haven't done a damn thing about that. You haven't done a damn thing about that, you filthy liar. You filthy, despicable liar. You haven't done one thing to enhance the security at the U.S. Capitol. You've done plenty to inhibit 
civil rights of Americans everywhere. If you really cared, if you really cared, you'd be talking about Lieutenant Michael Byrd, trigger finger Michael Byrd, opening fire. You'd be finding those cops who stood there as people walked on by. You'd find that redheaded cop with the beard and say, why did you escort the horns guy onto the U.S. Senate floor? Why did you do that? These are the things. No, you've done nothing other than enhance yourself. You know, you're already a filthy rich woman. In addition to being a filthy woman, what the hell else is there in it for you? Oh, president. President. No, how silly of me. Of course, she wants to be president. She wants to be president. Hey, uh, a lot of this is in my new book, by the way. A lot of this is in my new book, which I believe is um, one of the first books, if not the first book, that approaches January 6th from this perspective. Not, it was an insurrection and our democracy was hanging in the balance and all those lies. No, a book, and I actually put Ashley Babbitt's picture in my book. Uh, I'm very proud of that, actually. I took a lot of, I really focused on the photographs. I was really, and by the way, it's kind of, you got to be, you got to get rights, you got to get permission, sometimes you got to pay money. The book is called Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. I've actually been signing um, these little stickers. People buy the book and then the sticker is sent sometimes because the, the factory is still printing the books right now. They're still printing the books. So what they have me do is I sign these stickers that they'll later put in the book. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. So you can get the, this book, and it's important that I sell it, quite frankly, because uh, my independence must be maintained, <laughs> right? I, I, if I sell enough copies of this book, I'll be able to write another one. That's the important thing, really, the next chapter. And I also want to move the needle on this conversation. Books, Books can do that in a way a tweet can't. Books can do that sometimes. Sometimes, not all the time. We got a lot of Republicans up there who just seem to be out for more Twitter followers. Just, just that's all that matters. And you go from one hot topic to the next hot topic to the next hot topic to the next hot topic. You know, it's kind of like a lot of these Republicans. You know, you're playing the Democrats' game when you play big tech scheme. It's like renting Carnegie Hall and putting on a show, and the the audience of a thousand people love it. They love it. But Democrats own the theater. They have all the connections. And, you know, you're out the next day. That's kind of like social media in a way. Anyway, um, all right, give me a moment. Uh, Thank you for indulging me about the book. Once again, it's called uh, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, published by Simon & Schuster, by the way. Proud of that, too. You can go to Amazon. You can go to your local bookstore. You can, what else can you do? Uh, You can download it. You can download it on your phone. You pre-order. It comes out January 10th, and it's a... It's going to be a big deal, and I'm very proud of it, and I'm very humbled, actually. I'm grateful for the opportunity. All right, give me a moment. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, did you see the... uh this whole thing with the New York Times, what the hell is up with that? I've been hearing about their anti-Semitism for a long time. I mean, it, it, some of this was news to me, but historically, they have not been supportive of Israel. They have not been supportive of Jews everywhere. Uh, they turned a blind eye to the Holocaust. They let uh, Hitler and Stalin do whatever the hell they wanted to do. They wouldn't report on it. Apparently, FDR wasn't terribly sympathetic either. 
Um, that's have they atoned for that? No. You know, a lot of organizations they it's very fashionable these days to step forward and you know apologize for stuff the organization did wrong a hundred years ago. You know, they're they're trying to do that to America. Quite frankly, you know, you got to we got to atone now for slavery and even though we learned in the first grade that this was a very bad thing, but it happened. And I remember being fascinated and also kind of just. I could not get my hands around it that Thomas Jefferson actually owned slaves. But I remember learning about it as a little kid. But now we got to all apologize for it, except the New York Times and their anti-Semitism. So the crossword puzzle of the New York Times, which I used to do, I never do anymore. It's, I mean, it's kind of a whatever. But um, uh, by the way, the crossword puzzles, they're usually easiest on Monday, Tuesday, and then they get progressively harder throughout the week. Uh, I did them a lot in college. It's shaped like the pattern is uh, a swastika. It's unmistakably a swastika. On the first day of uh, yesterday, yesterday was the first day of Hanukkah. It was in the Sunday Times, the first day of Hanukkah, the New York Times. You think someone's having it playing a game? I think so. Someone's uh, having a little fun, a little anti-Semitic, disgraceful, hideous, ugly, in their warped head fun on the first day of Hanukkah. The New York Times. How about that, huh? How about that? Hey, by the way, right now I'm looking at footage of uh, January 6th people. You, know, never, you never see this, but it looks to me like the cops started the riot, actually. Yeah, they did. They're the ones who threw the flash grenades into the crowd that was just hanging around. They're the ones who started beating up some of these protesters. And they're the ones who rather stupidly, decided to secure the building with bicycle racks. Bicycle racks. Flimsy, you know, you rode your bike to school, bicycle racks. Bicycle racks. That's a scandal. But they're not talking about that. No, no, no. How do we get Trump? Oh, there's Michael Ludig. Donald Trump and his supporters are an existential threat to... You're all cowards. January 6th committee, you're hideous cowards. Ooh, wait a second. My daughter just walked into the uh, room. More of her when we come back. Hello, honey. Hi. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, My daughter is still on the premises. She had to go to the little girl's room. Uh, She'll be back in uh, in just a moment. Hey, Joe Biden on Friday night gave a speech at some uh, kind of town hall, small-time event. As small time as it can be, he's still the president, but it's a Friday night, you know, very close to the holidays, so probably didn't think anybody was watching. Wow, what a sleepy mess he was. I mean, he almost seemed drunk, and he's making all kinds of weird ethnic jokes. He said, uh, I may be Irish, but I'm not dumb. What the hell kind of comment is that? Wait, do we have that? What are you making? What, what's wrong with you? Oh, okay. Um, well, is it done yet? <laughs> I just said, all right. Oh, he is? Bill O'Reilly right now? You're kidding me. Oh, Bill O'Reilly, world's most successful author, nonfiction, uh, author of uh, Killing the Legends. Bill, I'm such a surprise. I wasn't expecting. How are you? Kelly, I have it on my schedule. I mean, I think what your staff is doing, they're torturing you. <laughs> they're torturing you. Well, uh, it's been on my schedule now. Talk to Greg Kelly on the radio. For three days, so here I am. That's fabulous, Bill, and uh, always welcome, of course. And, Bill, uh, first of all, thank you for the book. Hey, I'm watching the January 6th hearing right now. It's live. 
And uh, they're about to refer criminal charges to the uh, Justice Department. That doesn't mean anything, right? Nothing. You know, it's just the uh, conclusion of a farce and a tremendous waste of time and money. I mean, that that committee, and I'm hoping the Republicans don't do the same thing when they investigate uh, Hunter and Joe Biden, because if they do, I'm going to I'm going to crush them. Now, this committee wasn't interested in finding out the truth about anything. They were interested in basically pinning the January 6th riot on Trump. And they were going to do anything they could to make that happen. That is called, in the cliche world, a kangaroo court. And you know it's true. You've been talking about it on your radio show for uh, more than a year. They, didn't, they weren't interested in finding out anything new or uh, exculpatory or uh, broadening out the uh, debate over January 6th. They just wanted to hang Trump. Am I correct? You are absolutely correct. But I have to say, I am surprised that they got away with it, uh, that we know the media are corrupt. We know they lean left. We know all that stuff. But that somebody somewhere outside of, you know, our our side of the fence. And by the way, very few people on our side of the fence are doing it because uh, they get very uncomfortable when January 6th comes up. But there should be a pushback. There should be. And there hasn't been. Uh, I, and there's got to be some sane people out there. And I'm sorry, but you can't use the public airwaves like this. This is this is campaign stuff. This is overt political stuff. The Democrats, the Democrat National Committee, seems to me they owe the January 6th a lot of money. I, I'm just I'm appalled by all that. Well, once you get the imperture of the uh, House of Representatives forming a co- committee to look at something, nobody's going to stop it. So nobody can stop the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden investigation or the FBI um, Twitter investigation. Nobody can stop that. Uh, Biden can't stop it. Trump couldn't stop it when he was in office. It's, it's there. It's going to go ahead. So that's number one. Number two, I think those of us who try to be fair in the media um, basically criticize the committee, but then it was repetitious. You know, what I just said to you, I said more than a year ago, these people aren't going to try to find out anything or illuminate what happened on January 6th. And so what do you do? Say it every day? So I'm not I don't think that the. I think on Christmas week, this thing will fade fast. The left wing media will run with it tonight. Probably Fox will do a little and, and mock it and, and go after it tonight. Um, I'm going to be on Cuomo's News Nation show tomorrow. I'm pretty sure he'll bring it up. Um, but it's not I don't believe it's going anywhere. And that's that's really the crux of the story. Because if Joe Biden were to order, and that's what it would take, Merrick Garland's never going to do this on his own. It would take Biden saying, look, I want you to indict Trump on uh, charges for January 6th. The whole country blows up. And I don't think Biden's going to do that. Well, I understand they can't turn off a congressional hearing. You can't. You know, nobody can. Nobody has the power to do that. However, they don't have to show it on television all the time. They don't have to give him prime time. They don't. Um, they don't have to take their yeah, word for it. Trump. That's all I had. Did you see the numbers for this year? The decline in the viewing of cable news. I mean, it's catastrophic because they they hate Trump and it's destroyed them. Trump. 
ironically, has destroyed the people who have tortured him for seven years. He's destroyed them because they went so overboard and it was so boring uh, that people go, ah, I'm not going to watch anymore. So, and, you know, Fox is down the least, but Fox is down in the last quarter or two pretty substantially. So, I mean, Newsmax holding your show is holding. Um, but Americans are going, you know what, even if I don't like Trump, do I want to hear about this every day? And the answer is no. All right. So, look, you talk to Trump. Uh, I talk to him a little bit. You know him longer and better than I do. Um, I just this is unfair. All of this is unfair. I see him as a victim. I think he wanted to do the right thing for the country. And he and he did. Uh, the system does not want to be drained. The swamp does not want to be drained. And that's what we're seeing here. Uh, I support his candidacy. I cannot let this side win. I do think he's got to change his game a little bit, kind of like Rocky did in Rocky II. He went from right-handed to left-handed to left-handed to right-handed. I'd like to see some surprises like that. Uh, That's where I am right now. Where are you, and uh, what advice would you give him? I haven't talked to him uh, in about a month, and I never give him advice unless he asks, and he very rarely asks. (laughs) So um, the only way, and this is absolutely in stone, There's only one way that Donald Trump could be reelected president in 24. He would have to change his demeanor. And I don't I'm not sure he's capable of doing that. Now, you may remember a year ago, he was out with me for the Trump O'Reilly history tour. Remember that? Yep. That was a year ago. And he was totally different in those four shows. No bombast, no election of 2020, none of that. It was, what did you do? How did you get it done? And the things that you didn't get done, why not? And it was 90 minutes of, and if anybody wants to see it, it's on BillOReilly.com. I mean, we have the, the whole, all the shows, you can view them. And if he would, and I told him after the shows, they were so successful and people loved them. And I said, if you would just adopt that posture of a statesman, because he did govern pretty well, especially compared to what we have now. We have chaos now. The Trump White House wasn't chaotic as far as policy was concerned. He, for whatever reason, and it goes back to killing the legends, uh, the danger of celebrity, he's addicted to celebrity, and he, he has to be in the spotlight every day. He can't do it. People are exhausted. And he's got to fall back on Winston Churchill in the 1950s when Churchill made that stunning comeback to become uh, prime minister of Britain again after they booted him out after World War II. He's got to be a statesman. I'm not sure he can. I'm not sure he can do it. Well, listen, I mean, let's face it, though. He's been quieter. He has been. And uh, he, he uh, look, I like attention, too. I love it when I tweet something and it goes viral. Uh, but he has not – we've seen since he declared for president, he's keeping a lower profile. Um, that's probably going to change next year. Uh, I think he can evolve. I Look, we saw it during the campaign. You know, he went from just extemporaneous speeches to reading from a teleprompter. He does develop. you got to watch very closely, I, and I know you are. Can I – got to tell you, though, Bill, I think at some point you should – Throw out your policy of not giving advice and at some point just give it, even if he doesn't ask. 
Hey, Mr. President, you didn't ask, but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta just say this, and I'll sleep better at night, or something like that. Not trying to tell you no, how to run your relationship, but I, you've got so much wisdom, and you got. I mean, quite frankly, I have a feeling about where you were on the debates and that kind of thing. I think your advice would have been very valuable had he listened to it, or had had he asked for it. Well, look, I'm going to see him probably at the end of January. I'll take his temperature, but that Kanye West thing was insane. And and when I see stuff like that, I go, you know, I'm a practical guy. You're you're kind of like me, Kelly. I'm sorry to insult you, <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're kind of a linear thinker too, Catholic school guy. All right. So when you have a situation where Kanye West is showing up, you say to yourself, Am I going to get one vote? One vote dining with Kanye West in public? And the answer is no. You're not going to get any votes from anybody by doing that. Well, that's one of the reasons we like him, Bill. That's one of the reasons we – not everything is for politics. Not everything – All right, and that's that's valid. He's a very loyal guy, and West has been a supporter. But I was going to say, then have supper with him in your private residence. But you don't want this thing to get out there, and then he brings the little neo-Nazi with him. I mean, you know, what's next? Dining with neo-Nazis, a, a reality series? No, I, mean, I mean, listen, I mean, look, look, the hey. New York Times, the New York, he is so supportive of Israel. He, he is his children, of his course. grandchildren are, are Jewish. Not, but Kelly, you're, you're making the mistake of thinking linear again, because as I said, you did. If, of course, he's not anti-Semitic. It's ridiculous. If you know the guy like I do, I mean, his business partners are Jewish. He he did more for Israel and Netanyahu than any president ever did, except for Truman. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's absurd. No, it is but, absurd. You know, it is fully, it... right. It's all emotion mm. with Trump. I just, I just, I think the Kanye thing was a bit of a setup because Kanye tweeted some heinous stuff, and then we all moved on. And even Kanye was back in the news. Kanye, uh, Kanye goes to a soccer game. Kanye has a has a new girlfriend. This is after. He tweeted about going DEFCON 4 on Jews or whatever it was, whatever ridiculous thing. The guy's obviously deranged. Right. What West and Trump have in common is they're both addicted to celebrity. They're addicted to it. And that goes back to killing the legends. When you get into that, it's a drug. And they can't stop. And they have to be talked about. They have to be in public eye. You make mistakes doing that. Right. You know, you and particularly if you're a former president, I mean, that has weight. And Trump has not used that weight. He's still on the election. He's still on I hate CNN. Hey, CNN is over and it's not coming back. You destroyed it. You should be happy. Well, you don't give him any more publicity. Just one more thing on Trump, because I feel like, uh, number one, I've got grave doubts about the 2020 election. You know, Bill. One time when I was at Fox, and I'm going to leave names out of it, somebody plagiarized my uh, a report of mine, outright plagiarized it. And I talked to my um, my my kitchen cabinet of people and uh, you know, my family, a girlfriend. And then I said, I, I, I got to turn this guy in. And they all said, don't do it. And I didn't do it. And to this day, I regret it. And none of those people, as much as I love them, had their work stolen. And as much as, you know. <laughs> we love Trump and we want him to move on from this. It was his election 
he was affected more than anybody else. So I cut him a lot of slack there, and I feel like they're going to – these people will burn the whole damn system to the ground, and this is what really worries me, rather than let him get back into power. Well, I agree with that 100%. But when your obsession, and Trump is obsessed with the 2020 election, when it starts to hurt you, then you have to pull back. And for the mistake that Trump made, and I told him this, was that he concentrated on the machines and the vote count. That's not where it was. It was with Zuckerberg and the $400 million. That's where it was. And, and when you pump $400 million into a few counties that sway swing state votes, that should be looked at. And it's never been looked at. That's where it was. Mm. So yeah. he, he, he had all these people running around, and they had the wrong fraud. So there you go. Hey, Bill. um, the book is doing great. I read it cover to cover. Killing the Legends. It's all about uh, Elvis and uh, John Lennon and Muhammad Ali and, and their demise. Hey, before you go, and if you don't mind, selfishly, I'd like to know, you know, I got a book coming out January 10th, uh, Justice for yeah, All. You sent it to me. I haven't read it, but I'm going to read it. All right. But my question to you is this. Uh, how do I sell the damn thing? <laughs> I mean, how do I, are there any, uh, how, how, would you, how do I go about it? Um, I'm going to give you some very, very good advice. Number one, tough guy, Kelly, on the cover, that's good. Okay? So you, the cover of the book is good. Tough guy, Kelly, right? Yeah. And number two, you're not going to get booked on the liberal media. So no matter what your people do, they're not going to put you on. Right. Because that's what the – you know, I used to be able to go to the liberal media and sell my books. Now you never see. Except, I mean, a Mike Pence, whose book isn't selling, by the way. So your marketing plan has to be very, very concentrated into the precincts that are going to want to read your message. But you only can sell three messages in a marketing campaign. You can have 30 in the book. you got to select three things in that book that you really feel passionate about. And then Newsmax has to help you. WABC will help you, I'm sure. And and you start to promote it about two weeks out, two weeks from pub date. And you can say, this is why I wrote the book. There's a lot of stuff in it, but these three things are really, really on my mind. And you engender um, debate about it. And then on your own radio show on WABC, you bring on people who may not agree with you to talk about the book, not people who agree with you. Hmm. You find liberal people who may not agree with your stance. That will sell books. People will get interested in it. Bill, what better person in the world to ask than Bill O'Reilly? Bill, I appreciate it so much, uh, you joining us and uh, and for your uh, the, the remarkable insight. All right, final thoughts, Bill, as we go into Christmas. You wrote a great book, Killing Jesus. And uh, introduce the faith to a lot of people, by the way, that I know personally. But as we enter... Yeah, um, tomorrow on the No Spin News, which is our television broadcast, comes out of BillOReilly.com, uh, distributed now all over the world, interestingly enough. We're going to run a two-minute clip of the movie Killing Jesus um, about the birth 
of Jesus and how historically the book is a history. It's not a religious book. I never mention the word Christ in killing Jesus, ever, because Christ means redeemer. And I wanted this book to be, and it was, a worldwide phenomenon read by people of every religion. But here's, here's the key, Kelly, for everybody thinking about Christmas, and happy Hanukkah, by the way, to all WABC Jewish listeners. Here's the thing. How does a destitute, poor boy son of a stone cutter, Joseph, they, they cut stone to build residences, and they were desperately poor. How does a guy born in Nazareth, a backwater, become the most famous human being who's ever lived? How does that happen? That's the key for Christmas, if you care at all about the origin of the holiday. And tomorrow I'm going to do a monologue explaining how that happened on the No Spin News. Mm, look forward to that. All right, BillOReilly.com is where you can see it. And Bill O'Reilly, the legend himself. He wrote a book about killing the legends, but he's a legend himself. Bill O'Reilly, we appreciate it so much. All right, Kelly, Merry Christmas to you, and uh, I will help you with the book. So uh, you'll have an ally right there. Merry Christmas, and thank you. Thank you very much, Bill. Thank you. We'll be back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. How about that Bill O'Reilly, huh? The best, the best in the world. Oh, the January 6th thing, though, still going on. No one's watching during the day, are they? I think this had a real, uh, this had a real impact. This had a real impact. Hogan Gidley text to Hope Hicks. He should. Hogan Gidley is texting Hope Hicks. Who cares? Terry in Queens. Yes. Terry, are you there? Never mind then. Andrew in Stanhope. How are you? Very good. January 6th, like you mentioned, if they really want to stop it, Liz Cheney would say, well, why was the security turned down by Nancy Pelosi in the future? We're going to make sure that doesn't happen. And also, you know what a jump cut is, what they did when they manipulated the footage and they took out peacefully and patriotically. They did the opposite of a jump cut, where a jump cut is where you see it cuts. It's the same shot. So you Mm. see the edit. So they cut to a cell phone like it's a different angle. They're screwing around with the tape. They're screwing around with the evidence. They are. They're bad. Uh, Goodwill triumph. But I'm not exactly sure when. we got to nudge it along. Give me a moment. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, this uh, they'll never they'll never let it go. It's been almost two years. This January sixth hearing has the intellectual rigor of a third grade model UN. 
uh, a sham trial, a show trial, a Stalinist trial. It's on and on and on. it's like one continuous opening statement, but nothing that makes America America. Hearing from the other side, cross examination. The defense gets to present its case. None of that happened. None of that is happening. Jamie Raskin is lying, lying. And to the extent that they, you can, if you, if you, what do they, what do they say? If you tell the truth carefully enough, you never have to lie. I just heard, what's her name? Noria, Congresswoman Noria, who lost her election, by the way, lost her fight for reelection. Talk to us like we're a bunch of I, 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 kindergarten. The last time I've been spoken to like that was when I was in kindergarten. Um, and then the president was watching TV as he poured gasoline on the fire. And now we just like that. This is that swamp guy, Jamie Raskin, who, by the way, opposed the Electoral uh, Count Act on January 6, 2017, when they were trying to uh, come together for President Trump. Let me hear him. The first criminal statute we invoke for referral, therefore, is Title 18, Section 1512C, which makes it unlawful for anyone to corruptly obstruct and influence or impede any official proceeding of the United States government. Oh, yes. All right. Yes, yes. Good luck with that one. Good luck with that one. Donald Trump, three miles away, obstructed an official proceeding. Was it when he said peacefully or patriotically? March peacefully and patriotically. Which one was the obstruction? Was it the patriotically or the peacefully? Peacefully and patriotically. Make your voices heard. Just like Jamie did on January 6th of 2017. Was that the obstruction of a of a of a proceeding? Because he did actually uh, interrupt it. At least he interrupted it. Now I know the law, and I know that he didn't break the law. But we didn't break the law on January sixth either. Um, a cross, a Stalinist show trial. Just one side. This is not America, everybody. What you're seeing is very very dangerous. And I don't know how it's going to get better. I don't know. Do you? This is happening on every single channel right now. They are lying to everybody. And if you lie and everybody starts to believe it, then you've got totalitarianism on your hand. Then you got 1984's, um, you got an Orwellian George Orwell type thing going on. Wow. Hey, here's something I got to dig into tonight. They just put a bunch of messages up on TV. All these texts that were coming into the White House, you know, oh, my God, Brian Kilmeade said that the president has to say something. And uh, let's see. Janice Dean said the president has to say something. And uh, uh, this person, you know what they left out? What time did those text messages, what time were they sent? It's interesting. They just have this text message and they try to make it look like a text message. Any text message that I look at, I can figure out what time it came in just by looking at it. There's the time right there. And by the way, what you can do is you can kind of pull your, uh, you can see the time. It's very easy. They're leaving out the times. Why is that? Well, some of them are, the president must call to an end to this right now when he already did. (laughs) When he already did. They overlooked that. He sent out multiple tweets, and then he made a, a statement to camera saying, go home and go home in peace. Yes, I know, but he said he loved them. Well, I do too. I love those people who were victimized by a corrupt government. Why did those cops say, step right in? 
Who's the little cop? Who are those cops who stood on either side of the hallway saying, just come on in? Hmm? Who are the three dumb cops who walked off the post just so Ashley Babbitt could get shot? Who are they? Damn these people. We really, and you know what? People look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah? Oh, yeah? You think? Me? No. (laughs) You know, Joe Biden on Friday night, I think he was um, under the influence of a narcotic. All right? He was (laughs) mumbling, lying, making up stuff, and insulting people. Let's see here. Where's this thing? Oh, yeah. Cut 42, please. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. I married Dominic Giacoppa's daughter, so, you know, I got a little Italian in me now. You know. What the hell does that mean? I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. What? Why are you bringing uh, Jill's father into the situation? Jill's father, by the way, probably still broken up. That Jill left her husband for you, Joe Biden. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I heard that story. It's a true story. Bill Stevenson, nice guy. You can look it up. It exists, although it's hard to find because big tech has censored it. Just like they're censoring everything else with the assistance of the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, friends of Biden Incorporated, FBI forever blowing it. FBI frantically badgering innocent people. The FBI. And Elvis Chan. Did you see my show? I talk about this Elvis Chan character. Does this sound like an F? Where's that Elvis Chan stuff? Did you guys get it for me? Uh, yes, here it is. Elvis Chan. This is an FBI agent. An FBI agent should not be talking like this. Cut 30. The November 2020 election in Pennsylvania, like every election since, was free, fair, and secure. The 2020 election was fair, that the votes were counted accurately. Everything we've seen, the 2020 election was as free, fair, secure, accurate as any election we've had. All right, stop. Now, it's one thing for those guys to shoot their mouths off saying that. They're Democrats. They're partisans. That's a partisan viewpoint. I disagree with it. Now, where's my Elvis Chan here? Where is it? Uh, Explain why the election process is... No, that's not it. Uh, 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 Cut 29. Try that one. With certain uh, social media companies and uh, platforms, we are providing them with classified briefings on the specific threat actors that may be on their platforms. We're also sharing uh, indicators of compromise, TTPs, you know, tools, tactics, and and processes that Mm -hmm. can help them safeguard their platforms. Doing all kinds of things that the FBI shouldn't be doing, providing classified information to big tech companies. That's an FBI agent, everybody. And here he is. I think this is it where he declares the election of 2020 just like – just like Chuck Schumer, the election of 2020, no, absolutely no problems with the first nationwide mail-in election. No problems whatsoever. How could there be? Cut 31. 
The election process itself is as safe as it's ever been, and even more so with all of the different protections we have in place around the ballots themselves, around the ballot counting equipment, around the uh, voter registration databases. FBI Special Agent Elvis Chan says the agency is always looking at what has happened in the past and applying it to the future. He says a lengthy review has determined that the 2020 election was the most secure in the nation's history. Like for 2020, we knew specifically the incidents that happened on a county-by-county county level because there were so few of them. I could count them on one hand. Special Agent Chan says federal agencies have their eye on misinformation and election lies that often spread through social media. He says federal law enforcement agencies are sharing data with those social media platforms with the aim of combating election misinformation with the truth. People are trying to dispel the disinformation and misinformation that is going on, that there are things that are happening to the election. We don't see any credible threats at this point. That's not to say we're not monitoring them, because we are. We are. The FBI is monitoring Internet communication for stuff it says is not true. Since when the freaking hell is that the job of the Federal Bureau of Investigation? Are you freaking kidding me? Are you sh- What? It's insane, everybody. It is insane. Now, we learned this, by the way, extra, triple, double-checked. Uh, Matt Taibbi and his friends, Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, documented all of this. He bought Twitter and then showed everybody how corrupt the company was and how corrupt the FBI was. Smoking gun, emails, testimony, you name it, it's there. And the fake news continues to be fake. <laughs> All they're worried about is uh, the deputy assistant to the media reporter at CNN uh, got suspended. (laughs) That's it. The New York Post, the greatest, oldest newspaper in the land, gets suspended from Twitter, and they pretend it's not happening. But uh, the intern to Oliver Darcy at CNN, the deputy assistant to the media director, gets kicked off for... Uh, doxing the richest man in the world. What does doxing mean? D-O-X-X-I-N-G. That means uh, releasing private information online. You know, somebody's address, somebody's phone number, where the private plane is with his kids in it. You're not supposed to do that kind of stuff. And I have no problem uh, kicking someone like that off. Even Fox News, oh, don't, they never should have banned that in the interest of free speech. <laughs> Um, am I hallucinating here? I feel like Mr. Hand all the time. Who remembers Mr. Hand? Mr. Hand. Um, is this going to go on like this, the January 6th stuff? I guess it will. I guess it will. Oh, here's Joe Biden uh, Friday. Well, oh, so all this stuff. So we have the FBI uh, caught doing stuff it has no business whatsoever doing. I believe they broke the law. They definitely, there are protections. They, the intelligence community, by the way. The FBI is liaising with the intelligence community. The intelligence community is saying, we want this, we want that, we want this, we want that. And then little Elvis Chan there, the errand boy, goes to Big Tech and says, yeah, the intelligence community says that you guys should uh, be more proactive and help us more. Even Twitter was like, uh, what the hell? I think they were very, very kind of complicit, and they cooperated a lot with the FBI. But you can see in the Twitter file dump, even they're like, uh, Maybe you guys should um, leave us alone. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I mean, um, I've spoken, but there's any. Oh gosh, give me a break. I don't want any. Any. You know, I got another show over here. At Ten o'clock. Ten o'clock tonight. It's a great show. All right. Do we want to go to the Newsmax situation? Uh, no, I'm not. It's not the Newsmax situation. The uh, Twitter situation. 
I want to read these things real quick. Matt Taibbi, everyone's trying to pretend Matt Taibbi doesn't exist. He's a great journalist. He's the one who got all the info and data from um, uh, Musk himself. All right, I'm going to read this stuff, if you don't mind. It's going to take a little bit of time, but it's important and it's interesting. However, these guys at, tw- these guys at the new Twitter have got to get better at presenting this stuff. Sorry, but here we go. Michael Schellenberger uh, starts as follows. This happened this morning. Twitter files, part seven, the FBI and the Hunter Biden laptop. Now, again, there are four journalists working with Elon Musk. Seems like it is. At least they've been authorized and they're giving all this data, all this stuff, all this email to these four journalists. And they're posting it on Twitter, documenting what looks like corruption between Twitter and the FBI and trying to stifle speech. The FBI should... If you want to be a private company and do that, that's bad enough. And I got my own beef with that. But once the FBI gets involved, then you're breaking laws. And you're you're certainly not within the spirit of the CIA, right? All right, we got to go through this. It's in detail. Give me a moment. Uh, This is good stuff. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is me. Hey, is Rudy around? we got to get Rudy. Uh, four, four criminal charges referred to the Justice Department referred. What does that mean? What does that mean, referred? It means nothing. It means uh, I wish. I wish that they would charge him with something. I wish I wish they would impeach Joe Biden. I wish they would arrest him. I wish. That's about all it means. Uh, but it gives the uh, fake news something to jump up and down about. And uh, there they go. And they will take that uh, opportunity, won't they? Yep, there they go. There they go. All over again. I feel bad for the president. I really do. President Trump, that is. Um, look, the swamp does not want to be drained. The swamp does not want to be drained. That's what's. Uh, that's what we're seeing right here. Uh, they'll do anything to stop it. Anything to. Um... And Republicans, you guys suck as well. You guys are in it for all the wrong reasons. The career politicians, the Mitch McConnell, oh, Mitch McConnell, it, it, the three weeks. Two months, he's still talking about Canada quality. Oh, Canada quality. Uh, cut 34, please. You have to have quality candidates quality to win our competitive center races. Our ability to control the primary outcome was quite limited in 22 because of the support of the former president proved to be very decisive in these primaries. Is that right? Now, hopefully in the next uh, cycle... We'll have quality candidates everywhere and a better outcome. Well, let me see. Um, a zombie by the name of Fetterman won in Pennsylvania. You're telling me he's got more quality than Dr. Raz, a world-class intellect slash cardiothoracic surgeon? Oh, man, he didn't, didn't run for student council when he was 17 years old and get on the track for a ride from politics. What the hell county was he? Uh, he was like a county commissioner in Kentucky when he was 26. You know, Mitch, like the rest of them. Uh, no, no, I don't want. Um. <clears throat> All right. So where does that leave us? Gary, what do you think? Hi, Gary. Good afternoon, Ray. I have a question for you, uh, your best guess. When Nancy Pelosi destroys those State of the Union documents, what do you think happened to those documents? What? When Nancy Pelosi destroyed the documents at President Trump's State of the Union address, when she tore them in half, what do you think finally happened to those documents? Yeah, I don't know. 
I know. I think you called with this theory before that we could get her on destroying a government property or something like that, right? No, this is my first time. I posed this question to the overnight man, and he got very, very annoyed. Well, I'm not way. getting annoyed with you, but um, oh, you're one of those guys who calls the radio station all the time. All right, I appreciate that. No, it's uh, uh, what do you think the answer is? I think they became archival material. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? He told me they wound up in the garbage, and it was of little consequence. No, you probably look. Let me just put it to you this way: that's what the left does. The left, they, you know, they've got. 75 million pages of rules, right? All these volumes and all these things, all these ways they can get you in trouble in the swamp if you don't do it their way, right? And that's probably, that's that's one of the things that they would do. Look, she did it for ceremonial effect. I found it totally disgusting. I thought it was... I found it very, very annoying. Uh, well, more than annoying. I, I it, was, it was disgusting, actually. It was really, it yeah, was the I, worst thing. Okay. Anyway, look, now what? We're going to prosecute her? We're going to prosecute her for tearing up a piece of paper. I mean, that's not that's not what I think. I don't think that's just. I just don't think that's right. And did it right in front of the world, right? So it wasn't done surreptitiously. It wasn't done like to cover something up. So you know, I know you could probably make that case. And if Donald Trump had done it, that's what they would do. They'd make that case. I don't want anything to do with that kind of stuff. I just don't. I, I don't like it. I don't like it when they do it to our side. I won't do it to their side. And. Uh, that's the way I that's the way I feel on that. You know, I just I'm not going to get I can't can't. Do I want to play their games? I don't know. Give me a moment. There's the music. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, back, back, back. Uh, criminal charges. Uh, oh gosh, it's just. How do we find our way out of this? How do we? How does this? Uh, how is this all going to play out? O'Reilly ab- agreed with me. They're going to try to burn the system to the ground, rather than let Trump get back in power. And I'm not backing down. I'm not backing off. I'm for Trump. They don't win. They don't win by lying and cheating and stealing. They don't win by having a sh- sham trial, Stalinist. No cross-examination, no presentation of the other side. And you have all these, I mean, I'm sorry, but these are mini-dictators. The Justice Department and all these federal prosecutors, former federal prosecutors. And I see these former federal prosecutors, they're really feeling their oats. You can't criticize the FBI. This one guy today said Donald Trump is using very disturbing language when he criticizes the FBI. Well, why the hell not? We're allowed to. I'm sure the. I'm sure Russia... Had a big beef when you took on the KGB. Well, what's the difference right now between the FBI and the KGB? The FBI, thank you, Special Agent Elvis Chan, hunting down ordinary citizens on Twitter, telling them what they can and cannot say regarding an election. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. I really do. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we all know what happened on January 6th, except we don't know the full story about why Ashley Babbitt was shot. We don't know why those three cops walked away. We don't know why the little cops standing in front of the Capitol waved everybody in. We don't know why those dozens of officers stood on either side of the hallway, the main corridor, as protesters poured into the Capitol. We don't know any of that. But we know that it wasn't an insurrection. We also know that there were no uh, guns involved. It's amazing. I just saw a guy, he uh, he had Molotov cocktails. Granted, he brought Molotov cocktails 
to the Capitol uh, area. He thought better of it. You know what he did? He left the Molotov cocktails in the trunk of his car. Okay. Phew. Good thinking, pal. Well, he's going to be in jail for the next seven years for undetonated uh, Molotov cocktails. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Aruj, Aruj Mahmu, a lawyer, graduated from Fordham Law School, who was all irate about systemic racism two years ago, runs out to um, somewhere in Brooklyn, makes a, a Molotov cocktail in her apartment first, then goes out and throws it at a police vehicle and destroys it. She's going to jail for six months. <laughs> six months, uh, three months for time, uh, time off for good behavior. Same system, same federal government. I, I thought justice was supposed to be blind, right? Wasn't there something about that? Isn't that what the statue is, right? The blind lady? No, not at all. Not at all. All right. So can I do this? Uh, Matthew Schellenberg. All right. Let me just go through this. This is the background story on the Biden laptop. We should have congressional hearings about this. And I guess pretty soon we will. And that's good. Ready? It'll take a little bit. Uh, Twitter files, part seven, the FBI and the Hunter Biden laptop. This is reporting from Michael Schellenberger. Who is Michael Schellenberger, by the way? He is a he's a doctor. He calls himself pro-civilization, best-selling author of Apocalypse Never. Um, wait a second. Oh, he's not a doctor. <laughs> okay. Uh, Michael Schellenberger, MD, but he's not a doctor. Okay, he's not a doctor. All right, here we go. The FBI and the hunt. And But why, why does this guy's opinion matter? Well, Elon Musk, he's on that team that's been working with Elon Musk to reveal corruption inside of Twitter and from the FBI. Ready? The FBI and the Hunter Biden laptop, how the FBI and intelligence community discredited factual information about Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings, both after and before the New York Post revealed the contents of his laptop on October 14th, 2020. In Twitter files number six, we saw the FBI relentlessly seek to exercise influence over Twitter, including over its content, its users and its data. In Twitter files number seven, we present evidence pointing to an organized effort by representatives of the intelligence community aimed at senior executives at news and social media companies to discredit leaked information about Hunter Biden before and after it was published. To discredit the leaked information. This discredit leaked information about Hunter Biden. Now, we know that that stuff is legitimate. All right, here we go. The story begins in December 2019 when a Delaware computer store owner named John Paul Mac Isaac contacts the FBI about a laptop that Hunter Biden had left with him. On December 9th, 2019, the FBI issues a subpoena for and takes Hunter Biden's laptop. Uh, By August of 2020, Mac Isaac still had not heard back from the FBI, even though he had discovered evidence of criminal activity. And so he emails Rudy Giuliani, who was under FBI surveillance at the time. In early October, Giuliani gives it to the New York Post. Shortly before 7 p.m. Eastern Time on October 13th, Hunter Biden's lawyer, lawyer George Mezris, emails J.P. MacIsaac. Hunter and Mezris had just learned from the New York Post that its story about the laptop would be published the next day. The email reads as follows. This is from Hunter Biden's lawyer to the owner of the laptop store. John Paul. Thank you for speaking with me tonight. As I indicated, I am a lawyer for Hunter Biden, and I appreciate you reviewing your records on this matter. Thank you. 
<laughs> That's a creepy kind of letter. Following up, I don't know. Let's see here. At 9.22 p.m., ooh, this is good. FBI Special Agent Elvis Chan sends 10 documents to Twitter's then head of site integrity, Yoel Roth, through Teleporter, a one-way communication channel from the FBI to Twitter. The Elvis, Elvis Chan writes as follows. Heads up, I will be sending a Teleporter link for you to download 10 documents. It is not spam. Please confirm receipt when you get it. Thanks. Yoel Roth, a Twitter executive, responds to the FBI agent, downloaded and received. Thanks. Eight, the next day, October 14th, 2020, the New York Post runs its explosive story revealing the business dealings of President Biden's son, Hunter. Every single fact in it was accurate. Number nine, and yet within hours, Twitter and other social media companies censored the New York Post article, preventing it from spreading and, more importantly, undermining its credibility in the minds of many Americans. Why is that? What exactly happened? Number 10, on December 2nd, Matt Taibbi described the debate inside Twitter over its decision to censor a wholly accurate article. Since then, we have discovered new info that points to an organized effort by the intelligence community to influence Twitter and other platforms. First, it's important to understand that Hunter Biden earned Tens of millions of dollars in contracts with foreign businesses, including ones linked to China's government, for which Hunter offered no real work. <laughs> that That is important to note. It really is. No real work at all. He's got it because he was, hey, what the hell? It's on fire. There's a fire truck right outside the office building. Are we okay? I notice, and God bless him, they show up sometimes, you know, for a suspicious odor, for, you know, lots of different things. But always good to see the firefighters there, but it's mildly concerning. Is everything all right? All right. No fire alarm yet. Okay, here we go. At number 12, and yet during all of 2020, the FBI and other law enforcement agencies repeatedly primed Yoel Roth to dismiss reports of Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian hack and leak operation. This is from a sworn declaration by Roth given in December of 2020. All right. This is Yoel Roth, the um, the head of like content moderation on Twitter. Since 2018, I have had regular meetings with the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, the Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, and industry peers regarding election security. During these weekly meetings, the federal law enforcement agencies communicated that they expected hack and leak operations by state actors might occur in the period shortly before the 2020 presidential election, likely in October. I was told in these meetings that the intelligence community expected that individuals associated with political campaigns would be subject to hacking attacks and that material obtained through those hacking attacks would likely be disseminated over social media platforms, including Twitter. These expectations of hack and leak operations were discussed throughout 2020. I also learned in these meetings that there were rumors that a hack and leak operation would involve Hunter Biden. Now, here's the thing, though. This is the FBI lying to big tech because it's not a hack and leak operation. It's a lost computer. It's not like anybody went in, you know, surreptitiously or you know, illegally uh, hacked into Hunter Biden's, you know, got his password somehow. He brought his laptop to a store to be repaired. He never showed up to pay for it. He never showed up to claim it. 
90 days went by. It's on that little receipt. Look at the little receipt you that you get when you ever drop off something to be repaired or even your laundry. If you don't pick it up in a certain amount of time, it becomes a property of the store. May not be very nice, but it's not the FBI's job to uh <laughs> it's not it's just not the FBI's job to weigh in on on matters like that, okay? They did the same to Facebook. According to CEO Mark Zuckerberg, the FBI basically came to us and was like, hey, you should be on high alert. We thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. There's about to be some kind of dump similar to that. Were the FBI warnings of a Russian hack and leak operation relating to Hunter Biden based on any new intel? No, they weren't. Through our investigations, we did not see any similar competing intrusions to what had happened in 2016 admitted FBI agent Elvis Chan in November. Yeah, he sure did. You know why? Because uh, Missouri is um, Missouri's on this case. Or the Missouri, uh, those guys are good. Or somebody from the Missouri AG's office. Okay, uh, what's next? Indeed, the Twitter executives repeatedly reported very little Russian activity. For example, on September 24, 2020, Twitter told FBI it had removed 345 largely inactive accounts linked to previous coordinated Russian hacking attempts. They had little reach and low follower accounts. This is not Russia, all right? This is not about Russia. This is about protecting Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and their campaign and their effort to take out Donald Trump. And the FBI seems to know that. These dirt little accounts that they've been fussing about. It was all, quite frankly, to give people like Elvis Chance something to do, something to talk about, so they could be there for this moment of truth. In fact, Twitter debunked false claims by journalists of foreign influence on its platform. We haven't seen any evidence to support that claim. Uh, So, yeah, they're getting all kinds of... So the FBI is kind of leaning on them at times. Hey, what about all this foreign interference? You guys aren't doing enough to fight the foreign interference. And Twitter is like, dude, you know, (laughs) we've been working with you guys all along. You're cool, but uh, there's no foreign interference here. What are you talking about? After FBI asked about a Washington Post story on alleged foreign influence in a pro-Trump tweet, Twitter's Roth says the article makes a lot of... insinuations, but we saw no evidence that that was the case here. And in fact, a lot of strong evidence pointing in the other direction. It's one thing the intelligence community is kind of famous for. They leak to, uh, say, a newspaper that you know we have concerns about uh, Russian interference and a big data drop coming, or you know, we're worried about Russia disinformation. So the Washington Post will publish that. And then They'll take that article to the Washington Post and say, you see, you've got to cooperate with us because of this article. The FBI was doing that. They were citing articles in the Washington Post in their own emails to big tech. It's not the first time that Twitter's Roth has pushed back against the FBI. In January 2020, Roth resisted FBI efforts to get Twitter to share data outside of the normal search warrant process. The pressure had been growing. We have seen a sustained, if uncoordinated, effort by the intelligence community to push us to share more info and change our policies. They are probing and pushing everywhere they can, including by whispering to congressional staff. Time and again, FBI asked Twitter for evidence of foreign influence, and Twitter responds that they aren't finding anything worth reporting. We haven't yet identified activity that we typically refer to you or even flag as interesting in the foreign influence context. 
Despite Twitter's pushback, the FBI repeatedly requests information from Twitter that Twitter has already made clear it will not share outside of normal legal channels. Then, in July of 2020, the FBI's Elvis Chan arranges for temporary top-secret security clearances for Twitter executives so that the FBI can share information about threats to the upcoming elections. Paul, this is from Elvis Chan. <laughs> they, they really are. They're, they're embedded with Twitter. This is from an FBI agent, Elvis Chan. He writes, all, since I brought up the security clearances during our call, I don't think we have anyone at Twitter who has a permanent security clearance. Correct me if I'm wrong. What I propose is that 30 days out from the election, we get you temporary clearances. You get to pick who they would be. Let me know what you think. Thanks. Wow, they are really hot. They are really hot on this election. They really want to tip people off to what they want to happen. Here, let's see here. On August 11, 2020, the FBI's Chan shares information that Twitter's Roth. Let me, let me slow down here. On August 11, 2020, the FBI's Chan shares information with Twitter's Roth relating to the Russian hacking organization AP2B through the FBI's secure one-way communications channel teleporter. Elvis Chan writes, all, I've got more information to share with you via teleporter. You'll see an email from me shortly, and you can download it. And then Elvis writes again, in advance of this week's meeting, I'm going to be sending you three documents through an FBI application called teleporter. You will get a link, which will expire in 24 hours. Please download the documents when you get a chance. The documents will not denote the actors, so I'm providing them here. Uh, and the actors are all kinds of shady organizations, including one at the FBI. Okay, they're they're bringing them in the loop on confidential classified stuff. Recently, Yoel Roth told Kara Swisher that he had been primed to think about the Russian hacking group APT28 before news of the Hunter Biden laptop came out. When it did, Roth said it set off every single one of my finely tuned hack and leak Campaign alarm bells. A lot of typos in this thing, by the way. I know it's a little bit uh, nitnoidy, and it, it feels like it's uh, going down a rabbit hole. You know what's really good? For stuff that's as complex as this and goes in as many different directions throughout our government, congressional hearings, everybody, congressional hearings. Instead, instead we're uh, we're trying to get Donald Trump for disturbing Disturbing the peace, even though he was three miles away from the riot. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, um, all right, we're back with America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. And, oh, Mr. Mayor, listen, so um, turn it down if you don't mind. January 6th committee is done, I guess. They just referred uh, what they made referrals to the DOJ. They want They want Trump prosecuted, but I am so disgusted by it all. Mr. Mayor, what do you think right now? It's the, I would like to say it's the culmination of a five-part dystopian novel about what could have happened to America if the communists really infiltrated, written about 40 years ago. Chapter one would have been Russian collusion and are being fooled by it, or a number of people for three years, and Hillary paid for it, and it was a frame-up. Then the hard drive, and then Hunter Biden, and then the Ukrainians, and then uh, the the stolen election, and now 
a committee with the same people who have lied in all the other proceedings. I mean, to watch Shifty Schiff standing there making pronouncements when he is probably the biggest proven liar in the history of Congress, and they all sit there pontificating, it, it tells you how dangerous things have become in our country. And that major media organizations, um, I mean, all of them almost, NBC News, ABC News, CBS News, CNN, MSM, on and on and on, New York Times, Washington Post, they they report this uncritically uh, in a way that suggests, like, you know, the media operation in China. Well, you know, their their major thrust is election denial, right? I don't know about all of them, but I know the three of the major election deniers are Benny Thompson, seven years of election denial, Schiff, absolutely, and, uh, and, and Cheney. They're all election deniers, vociferous election deniers. Also, uh, Thompson lied completely. So look, Thompson, Thompson originally attempted. Benny Thompson's a bad guy, but bigger picture. Look, they have they've made our concerns about the 2020 election tantamount to treason. That's what that's how they portray it. We're just exercising our it, rights. It may as well they did. be that the 2020 election was treason. No, I, I'm very wide open to that idea. But they're treating us like traitors. They seem to have the upper hand as far as shaping the narrative, if you will. No, no question. That, 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 that uh, they've had for quite some time. And a lot of folks, ordinary folks, just going about their business, say, well, there must be something about Trump. Uh, what do we do? What are you going to do? You know, you're still working with President Trump. I mean, how do we – I'm worried that they'll blow the country up to stop him. I'm worried about that, too. I mean, they're doing it. Think, think of – I mean, I'm, I'm in the middle of outlining a, a book, and I don't want to give too much of it away, but it's a – Sort of, it's it's sort of a five chapter book on the destruction of Donald Trump that begins with Russian collusion and hopefully ends with this. You know, I told them after uh, after um, the first impeachment, I said there's going to be more. There's going to be more, and there's and there've been three more since. You've been right. Look, there's the music, but hey, you're in good hands. Rudy Giuliani takes over now, and uh, I'll see you tonight at 10 o'clock on Newsmax. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.